Good morning for Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page. Trump starkly threatens North Korea. Israel imagines major change. No Netanyahu. And Maduro struggles to hold military's loyalty. In today's national headlines, gun rights and foster care restrictions collide. Trump faces choice between science and his base, and transgender bathroom bill falters amid Texas opposition. In today's business pages, Silicon Valley becomes front in culture war, Disney under pressure unveils streaming services, and Meatless Burger's secret sauce hits a regulatory snag. There will be more business stories to come, more national and world news too, a roundup from the sports page, and today, the opinions of New York Times columnist Frank Bruni. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Bridgewater, New Jersey. Trump starkly threatens North Korea. Peter Baker and Cho Seng Hun have the story. President Trump threatened on Tuesday to unleash a fire and fury against North Korea if it endangers the United States as tensions escalate into perhaps the most serious foreign policy challenge yet in his administration. In language that evoked the horror of a nuclear exchange, Trump sought to deter North Korea from any actions that would put Americans at risk. But it was not clear what specifically would cross his line. Administration officials have said a preemptive military strike, while a last resort, is among the options they have made available. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States, Trump told reporters. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Referring to North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un, Trump said, he's been very threatening beyond a normal state, and as I said, they will be met with fire and fury, and frankly, power the likes of which this world has never seen before. North Korea warned several hours later that it was considering a strike that could create an enveloping fire around Guam, the western Pacific island where the United States operates a critical air force base. The U.S. should clearly face up to the fact that the ballistic rockets of the strategic force of the KPA are now on constant standby facing the Pacific Ocean and pay deep attention to their azimuth angle for launch the strategic force of the North's Korean People's Army said. Trump's stark comments went well beyond the firm but measured language typically preferred by American presidents in confronting North Korea and indeed seemed almost to echo the bellicose words used by Kim. Whether that message was mainly bluff or an authentic expression of intent, it instantly scrambled the diplomatic equation in one of the world's most perilous regions. Supporters suggested Trump was trying to get Kim's attention in a way that the North Korean leader would understand, while critics expressed concern that he could stumble into a war with devastating consequences. This is a more dangerous moment than faced by Trump's predecessors, said Mark Dubowitz, chief executive of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, a nonprofit group in Washington. The normal nuanced diplomatic rhetoric coming out of Washington hasn't worked in persuading the Kim regime of American resolve. This language underscores that the most powerful country in the world has its own escalatory and retaliatory options. But Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat from California, said it would be counterproductive. 
President Trump is not helping the situation with his bombastic comments, she said. Senator John McCain, Republican from Arizona and chairman of the Armed Services Committee, also took exception. All it's going to do is bring us closer to some kind of serious confrontation, he told KTAR News Radio. The Washington Post reported on Tuesday that American intelligence agencies had concluded that North Korea has miniaturized a warhead that could fit on top of one of its missiles. Here's the second front page story. Israel imagines major change. No Netanyahu. Reported from Jerusalem by Isabel Kirshner. A black curtain went up a few months ago near Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's official residence. It screened protesters from Netanyahu's view and prevented the public from seeing lawyers and detectives come and go as criminal investigations of Netanyahu intensified. Now, with one of Netanyahu's closest former aides having turned state's witness in two cases involving suspicions of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust, Israelis are trying on the idea of the curtain coming down on Netanyahu's career. For the past eight years, he has dominated the Israeli political scene, yet Netanyahu appears not so invincible after all. All the alliances, discussions, and thinking about the day after have taken on much more significance, said Yoaz Hindel, the chairman of the Institute for Zionist Strategies, a right-leaning research group. For the first time, people are thinking that Netanyahu won't be the prime minister next time around. Experts say Friday's signing of a state's witness agreement by Eri Haro, who served as Netanyahu's chief of staff and directed his 2015 re-election campaign, could be a game-changer. Harrow was offered a light sentence in an unrelated matter in return for information about Netanyahu in what the police have called Case 1000 and Case 2000. In Case 1000.